0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Vocal Arts, the podcast that explores the world of professional voice artists. My name is Peter Barber, and I'll be your guide along this path of vocal performance. What's that? (laughs) Oh, why am I qualified to host this show? Well, for starters, I got my master's degree in, you guessed it, Vocal Arts and Performance from the University of Southern California. I trained one-on-one with world-class singers and learned all about the physiology and function of the human voice from leading voice scientists. Beyond that, I currently sing opera professionally as a resident artist at the Academy of Vocal Arts. Since quarantine started, I began producing my own a cappella music, from arranging to recording, mixing, and mastering. I've performed in basically every genre from EDM to chamber choir, And with an undergrad major in audio engineering, I can comfortably bridge the gap between live performance and studio recordings. From the grandiose space of a 3,000-seat opera house to the intimate, soundproof booths used in voiceover. But perhaps most importantly, I'm just a young artist, fascinated by the various careers in vocal performance and inspired to learn more about them from the best and brightest vocal talent the world has to offer. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. And no matter what your involvement is within the world of vocal arts, I hope that here on this podcast, you can both learn something and enjoy. Today's guest is Michaela Jill Murphy, AKA Jesse flower, an American actress, singer and writer often known for her voice work as Toph Beifong in Nickelodeon's avatar, the last airbender, as well as Chaka in Disney's, the emperor's new school and many more. She grew up acting in Los Angeles, then went on to graduate with a theater and film double major from Yale University. She recently started releasing Avatar The Last Airbender-inspired apparel and merchandise on her new site titled Bandit Basics, and premiered her first short film as writer and producer. Follow her on Instagram at Michaela Mosley to stay up-to-date daily, and check out her website, www.michaelajillmurphy.com. This will, of course, all be in the description. Michaela and I had a great conversation about her experience as a voice actress, growing up as a child actor in the limelight, her foray into pre-med at Yale University, her journey back into the world of film and theater, her experience in a cappella, the psychological implications of quarantine for performing artists, and much more. This was a true joy for me, and I'm thrilled to share this conversation with all of you. Please welcome Michaela Jill Murphy. Welcome of Vocal Arts.
1: There we go. Now we're on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good to see you.
1: You. Thank you for being patient. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get the computer up and running and make sure my face didn't look like it was in a shadow.
2: <laughs> oh no, no problem, no problem at all. So I, I sent over a few questions. We'll we'll get around to those in in no particular order. And then um, I did a nice healthy stock of your websites. So I've got plenty of plenty of other things to ask you. Uh,
3: oh boy, okay. <laughs>
2: you, I mean, you have so many interests, and you're you're into so many different things. So I. We'll definitely touch Avatar, of course, but you're an interesting person, so I'd like to cover a lot of other ground.
1: Yeah, and am I allowed to, you know, also kind of ask in return? I think you know they mentioned being able to ask about you as well, or is it? Yes, maybe-
2: yeah, yeah, oh, cool. absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the thing about this podcast is I hope it it feels natural, oh. Um, kind of a back and forth, not like okay, and I'm now I'm going to ask you this question and you're going to answer it very formally. So we'll, we'll keep it light. Uh, so so first, let's just kick it off. And how about you just tell everyone who you are and give just kind of a brief outline of what you do for a living.
1: Awesome. Uh, so I am Michaela Jill Murphy, also known as Jessie Flower. And um, I am an actress and singer and a writer. And I think I am most well known currently, at least, for my voice work in Avatar, The Last Airbender, uh, voicing Toph Beifong, the greatest earthbender in the world. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and I, uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, um, but I'm from Southern Indiana and, you know, that kind of fun, small town, Midwestern girl turned Los Angeles story, uh, with my mother and myself and yeah, started acting here when I was five and, um, I thought I was gonna be a cardiovascular surgeon, funnily enough, I thought that the whole acting thing was gonna be just while I was younger and a hobby. Uh, And then I got really serious about science and math in high school and then uh, went to Yale thinking I was going to go to med school and just kind of took a turn back towards the arts because I missed it a lot. Ended up doing theater and film, with concentration in writing. Went to New York for a little bit and now I'm back in Los Angeles, partially due to COVID, partially due to I wanted to come back anyway kind of combination deal. So, um, yes, I'm mainly an actress. Um, I also sing, dance and write. Uh, and then, you know, I've got the kind of math thing on the side. So I tutor math sometimes. <laughs>
2: oh, very cool. That's yeah. something like, I don't like, I don't even know if that's on your website, the math. Yeah, tutoring
1: part. I don't think so. I don't think i put the tutoring anywhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into this path? So you said you started out acting when you were young, you went from Southern Indiana to Los Angeles when you were five, you said four or five. Um, so how did you get into voice acting, especially because a lot of people kind of grow up doing a theater show here and there, maybe a musical theater show, but voice acting is a, a more niche kind of thing. So how did you find your way into that?
1: Yeah, and you're totally right. It is kind of niche. And I think it's probably at this point the most kind of well-known uh, it's, it's ever been. Um, probably in, you know, the age of 2020 with technology just being the way it is. Um, and so many podcasts, even, and audiobooks, you know, those types of things being available for that sort of medium. I did start out in theater, um, like you mentioned, <laughs> very, very popular thing, you know, you get put in Oliver or, you know, some little kid version of like Beauty and the Beast, whatever. So I did do a couple of theater shows. And that was kind of a, a test run, I suppose, for my mom. to Be like, okay, I do you want to actually do this for real Is you know, is something that we want to spend time on. I loved it, of course, and and was obsessed. So that's when we decided to jump through the hoops and get headshots, start looking at managers and agencies. Um, And I actually started in on-camera commercial work. That was kind of my first kickoff with, um, I guess, beyond musical theater. And after that, you know, everyone goes through growing phases, and I went through a little awkward growing phase. I decided to chop off my hair, a bunch of teeth had <laughs> fallen out, and you know, that's all fine and dandy. But for uh, commercials, you know, it's not exactly the cookie cutter mold that they might be looking for. So right, right, I right. all of a sudden kind of wasn't getting asked to audition as often just because I didn't look exactly marketable to whoever was in charge. Uh, and so that's when my agent was like, hey, there's this this thing called voice acting, where you don't see your face. Um.
2: <laughs> That's a very nice way of putting it.
1: Yeah. So that was um, the I guess the yeah, instigator. I was about seven, I believe, and at that time, definitely audio was not what it is to today. I mean, I don't think people really were aware um, just of how voice acting even worked and kind of voicing animation and you know putting that together obviously if you watch like old cartoons it's a very different level of not only animation but also just audio quality so it was definitely newer as an industry and definitely new for youth because kids working kids acting kind of was still new I mean we had Shirley Temple way back in the day and then for those of you who were around. I don't know if you're familiar with Hilary Duff. Um, Oh, of course. Of course, I mean, I say, of course, but I say that sometimes and people are like, who? And I'm like, oh no, (laughs) what's happening? Um, So she was kind of the first, I guess, successful kid that didn't go crazy, right? she had a TV show, she had a music career, she did, you know, fashion stuff with Claire's and all this other stuff and became just a kind of multi hyphenate star. Successfully as a minor, and kind of maintained that status. And she was really the first one, Miley Cyrus being a then close second to follow in her footsteps, but changed the game a little, as we all know. Um, you know, just with allowing kids to be famous, basically, because up until that point, it was oh, if we have a kid in a movie, sure, but it wasn't about focusing on this kid being the center of attention. Um, so with kids in voiceover. It was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe we should just hire somebody who's 20 and who has a high pitched voice and to do this part. Um, but soon people just started to realize the authenticity was a bit different. And so I think they just started opening it up to legitimate youth casting. Um, if you know, Barbara Harris is a huge ADR um, casting director. She's done, I in my head, like everything. <laughs> she most recently like did the, um, oh gosh, what movie is that? I can't remember. But a couple years ago, she did the Birds of Prey, Margot Robbie's most recent kind of Harley Quinn tale. Mm. Um, And ADR fills in basically all of the background noise. So people at a market, um, kids on a playground, people at a basketball game, that sort of thing. People come back in and record that audio because on set, typically they've got a really tight boom. Maybe you have like a little laugh mic, that sort of thing. Um, So they started needing kid sounds. And they started wanting to actually work with kids. So my actually first voiceover gig, which is a little different than ADR, was finding Nemo. And they needed a bunch of background, you know additional voices for the little turtles, the little fish that you know they were a bit more used to kind of working with. But then for the live action stuff, kind of I'm thinking of a smattering of things. Uh, Spider-Man Two, like Son of the Mask, um Brokeback Mountain. Uh, just a lot of these live action things that you wouldn't think of doing voiceover work for. But there were scenes where there was a kid who was kicking around something in the dirt. Um, and I had to be like, ow, like, hey, give that back. You know, like little things like that, right? <laughs> and so it just kind of, it, it was really serendipitous because I had a really clear tone, which is important for recording, obviously. Yeah. Um, depending on what you're looking for, but especially for that background, it's easy to to layer in. You know, you don't have to worry about too much texture texture? I can speak English?
2: Texture. Texture. <laughs> so
1: texture for the texture. There you go. Um, and I took direction well um as a kid, thankfully. So Oh,
2: well that's 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 worth a million bucks right there.
1: Exactly. That's the biggest thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like does this kid listen when I tell them? So um yeah, thankfully I was kind of in the right place at the right time in a budding medium, I suppose. So that's kind of where it got started and I thankfully at the time she kind of had a short list of just kids on call whenever they needed some somebody that was under 18 and so it got to a point where i was just like at school or whatever at home and she'd be like hey you've got a job at thursday at 11. are you free and the answer was always yes um so it was really really cool um just to get this kind of industry experience that was behind the camera um i Definitely, I wish I were a bit more together than I was, but I got really nervous in front of the camera, in front of Mm. directors who I thought when I got a direction, that meant they didn't like what I did and I did not do well with people not liking me. I still don't do great with it, but I'm a little better. Uh, (laughs) Normally, I can just get over it and say like, "Ah, okay, whatever.
2: (laughs) It's a process for all of us.
1: Exactly. So when I was younger, it was just a personal, personal jab of like, oh, they hate me and I can't it when this person you know <laughs> me. so yeah it was definitely a good healthy environment usually full of really nice people um you know really great directors really great other actors in the room and yeah so it kind of just flourished from that point point. Cool. and I kind of stopped in, in high school I would say okay. around 15 just because yeah. I was focusing on like the pre-med thing for you know a time so I, yeah. I did I didn't push the the industry part as well. I kind of just put it on pause and was like, "Hey, I'm going to focus on school." So, like, I did one or two things here and there, but yeah, I, I would say it kind of paused around freshman year of high school.
2: So, when did you do? When did Avatar start for you? Now, I guess that must have been before high school.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I actually started. Let's see. I booked Meng in season one, and she is the character with thick pigtails in the uh, the episode, the fortune teller. She has a crush on Aang and thinks is a floozy.
2: Oh, that was your voice too?
1: That was me, so (laughs) that was my introduction actually. And they, I was 11, I believe. Yeah, when that kind of came out and they were at that point auditioning, girls or starting to get into the girl, you know, existence of Toph as opposed to a boy. Okay. And apparently according to Giancarlo, one of the directors, um, the people in the room were kind of watching in for that episode apparently liked my sound of my voice, kind of my, I don't know, personality style, whatever. Uh, and we're like, Oh, that's kind of, yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of something that we're looking for. So for Toph, so they called me back in. I was not aware at the time of the connection between the two I was 11 and just doing what my mother told me to do. And I was not right, right. as much as I should have been, but, um, yeah. So, I just sent in the audition. Um, it's funny, they gave me script from the first episode, The Blind Bandit. And I was with my grandparents in Indiana at the time. And uh, we had to drive like 30 minutes to some studio in like a, a music shop because in the middle of Indiana, we didn't have iPhones yet. We didn't have any of this stuff yet. So we had to just find a studio. Um, and my mom was like, okay, like she's gonna go in and read the scripts. And my grandma was like, well, wait, who's gonna read the other part, the part of the boulder? And I was like, oh, no one. I just read this tough. You know, person, and then I just go through and I just skip the other line. She's like, "Well, why don't I read the part of the boulder?" And then it'll be like the full scene. And I, my mom's like, oh, ah, okay, I don't know." Yeah,
2: let's do it. Let's do so it.
1: She came in and she read the boulder, and I read Toph and we sent that wow. in. As a <laughs>
2: the boulder. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic.
1: So it was absolutely hilarious. Well, did but, she get um, the
2: part? Did she get the part? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's funnily enough, she—that <laughs> is her—and they just kind of used the like vocal, you know. Yeah, that's a hell
2: of a—that's a hell of a voice there. Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so
1: that's kind of that was my way into having her, and I got the audition. A lot of people asked, "Like, oh, how'd you get the audition? How'd you get the audition?" I, yeah, thankfully, I've been signed with CESD, uh, with Melissa Berger as my voice acting agent since I was seven, mm. something like that, and she. Is fantastic. Um, but yeah, she had, you know, she had the audition. It came through and then she sent it to me and they liked it. And then that's just like the the system. That's how it worked and it, you know, worked for me. That's not how everybody always gets mm-hmm. jobs. And sometimes there's a cool fluke where they met something, you know, some yeah. person at a bar or met the right. party and somebody's a right. parent, whatever. But in this case, it was very much just like I'd been working for five years at mm-hmm. that point, and it just kind of aligned
2: super cool super cool so what was the day-to-day experience on avatar did you have a lot of interaction with the with the cast and things like that
1: yeah um we we didn't we didn't it was kind of this cusp of i guess technology that a lot of us are i guess used to if you're mm, i would say 23 or older in 2021, you probably experienced it. If you're any younger, probably not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we didn't have Facebook yet. And I wouldn't have been allowed to have it anyway, if we did, because uh, <laughs> my mom was like, you're in middle school, what the heck do you need this for? Right. Right, so,
2: right.
1: Very different culture than today. So, yeah, no so, kidding. No kidding. Yeah. And I, I didn't have a cell phone. Also, you didn't necessarily like keep in contact as much as you do with people these days now it's like oh get your instagram oh we dm we comment on content that the other person posts about and it's very much just kind of a constant interaction which is cool but that just didn't happen at the time especially when i was 12 and you know dante jack and everybody else they're like 20 and going out (laughs) Bars in LA. It's a little so, different. A little different. Yeah, just just a little bit. So I would say the day to day, I really I came in every Tuesday or every other Tuesday. That was like my time slot, because uh, I had school. So I would leave you know a period early and come to Nickelodeon and report. And uh, it was very much a walk through the front door of the studio sniff and see if they had made fresh popcorn in the kitchen which was like a 50 50 chance and they like mm. a really pretty like popcorn machine and so if you smelled it you know the butter slapping you in the face when you walked the door it's going to be an extra good day so grab a bag of that or not and then sit <laughs> i always had to like sign the contract for the day my mom would like flip through and be like okay just like sign this thing again i'm like great cool uh and then just go into you know the room and andrea was there who is amazing um to just direct me along the way of mm-hmm. my <laughs> mm-hmm. interpretation of the lines. And a lot of times it would be just me um, or me and maybe one other person, two other people, but I don't know if people had different schedules or if it was just easier. I have no idea exactly the the details why I'm assuming it's probably because everybody else could get together maybe on like Wednesday at 11 AM and I had school. So I think they tried to record together as much as possible so that you could have that dynamic but with a student and then a bunch of adults i'm probably the least flexible um mm-hmm. so that's how that kind of felt but i just remember being relatively solo like the, a lot of the booth would be kind of empty when i was there
2: so so even the scenes where you were interacting with like you know let's say katara ang and and saka it, mm-hmm. it could be just you in the booth oh, like yeah. throwing your lines in would you be the last to go in to kind of fill in the blanks or would you sometimes have nothing else? And you're just, just trying to pick a line reading out of thin air.
1: Uh, both it depended yeah. on, on yeah, the day. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I didn't really think of it as, I still don't really, but maybe that's just cause I always have like voices in my head. Um, <laughs> just always, always something is being thought about and having conversations with different sides of myself. Of so,
3: course.
1: I, you know, In my head i was like cool we could have the whole cast here or it can be just me i can respond the exact same like i can Mm. look at katara's line right before mine and be just as annoyed um, as if somebody is saying it to my face and i don't think i was necessarily even aware that i felt that way per se but that's one of you know the things that probably obviously helped me in in voice acting um because most of the times yeah you're you're responding to the words on the page somebody's not going to be right next to you saying the line to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And Andrea obviously helped a lot too with that. She's the, you know, the vocal director behind the, behind the mirror, I guess, or behind yeah. the window. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there'd be moments where I would give something, she'd be like, you know, I, I think we need a little bit more. I think talk, give, give her a bit more anger, give her a bit more grit, um, throw, throw a few takes out there that are just, the complete opposite, you know, I would be playing it like more cool headed and she'd be like, give me the opposite end of the spectrum. And then she'd mm-hmm. be like, okay, great. Let's find middle between those two. I loved mm-hmm. that. Let's, can we, can we break the difference? You know, yeah, and so she yeah. was really helpful in making sure that the,
3: yeah.
1: I guess the, the tone matched what, the adults (laughs) had in mind when they were animating as opposed to my little 12 year old self just being like oh yeah i'm gonna read it like this
3: (laughs) right right
1: but but yeah it's interesting to think about because a lot of the other actors were together a lot of the time and i was like oh really like i remember being in the booth with gray a couple of times and with greg baldwin and with mako i think I was with mako once and um Mark Hamill was there once, and you know, that's always cool.
2: Always cool, but
1: always cool, you know. Casual, I mean, whatever. Come on, <laughs> and my mom tells me she's like, I still remember I was freaking out, like, you didn't really comprehend just the level of cool. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, I mean, she probably grew
2: up in that era when, <laughs> oh, he, when yeah. he was like an <laughs> absolute superstar.
1: Yeah, so there there were those times, and I loved that. I was like, oh yeah, I get to like record, and Dante's here today, and he would always show mm-hmm. up a little late, like on his motorcycle, and you know, be cool, uh, <laughs> very very Zuko style. But yeah, there were so many times when I was doing it by myself, and I thought that was just as cool because I was like, haha, I got the booth to myself. I get to just focus, yeah. listen to Andrea, and like do my thing. It's
2: yeah, very so. cool. So my I'm used to doing character development for operas, and I'm wondering how. <laughs> How does it work for voiceover? Do you spend a lot of time outside the booth trying to build your character, thinking about like who, what, when, where, why kind of stuff and maybe context that's not included in the show, like more of her background growing up or is a lot of your work really in real time in the booth?
1: It would always send the script ahead of time. Um, and I sometimes read through it, sometimes not, just depending on what the week was like that mm-hmm. you know, that time. Um, you know, it's kind of like a give and take. I think when you are a kid, first of all, your intuition is just so strong
0: yes. and visceral.
1: And if it's doing the right thing for a role, you that's that's why you book it.
3: Mm-hmm. And there are
1: some kids who are super calculated and who come in and they're just like, yes, I have like a system and bless those kids. But I was very much the kid of like, this was my initial response and if it works for the character, it works for the character. And if it doesn't, then I don't book that one. Okay. Um, I wasn't too calculated in my approach. And I think as I've gotten older and more life happens and you have to like pay rent and like go to school and keep track of your own schedule, you lose some of that pure intention because there's so much going on up there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so as I've gotten older, I need to do that more, but it's more so about like closing out all the random crap that I'm thinking about because it's hard to like, close off everything you have to do go stand in your little booth corner in your closet and think about this character for a solid 30 minutes and just completely be immersed it's hard yeah because you're like oh man i have to send that in before five and i also left this door open and i have to fold this and i have to drive here and drop it off oh and that has to go in the mail all this stuff and all that gets in the way and you can tell you can 100 percent tell um Whenever you and me personally, I I do that sometimes I record something and I listen to it later and I'm just like, I'm so distracted. (laughs)
2: Like -hmm. Like I wasn't there. I wasn't in it.
1: Yeah. And I even felt like I was in it at the time, but I wasn't. It's Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's kind of frustrating. But as I've gotten older, I have to start thinking about that more, because unfortunately, it's not just about, you know, my mom drives me to the studio and all I have to do is show up and say the line because, Mm -hmm. I'm a minor and I was lucky enough that the adults around me were taking care of everything else. Not every kid I'm aware has that experience. I'm very grateful for that, but I didn't have to to keep track of those things. So now there's a bit more of a, okay, what's the initial visceral response? Now let's make that a bit more colorful. Um, Make sure that there's kind of a more dynamic approach to this line as opposed to this one. Where is her anger coming from? Like why is she pissed off at this character because of this? Is there something deeper rooted or is it topical? Um, giving giving it a bit more rhyme and reason. Right, uh, right. Just because otherwise my brain's going to kind of just be pulled in a bunch of different directions. So it helps focus it yeah. a little more. So.
2: I think that's something that's so great about kids is that they are just kind of so raw Oh, yeah. (laughs) And what they're feeling. And it's like, you know, that's what I mean, they can really play with like their imaginary friends because they Mm -hmm. really construct it. So in some ways, it's probably really best as a child actor, voice actor to just fully trust whatever is feeling that that stream of consciousness, whereas you get older, and maybe the roles get more complicated and such and such. And you have to put in more, you have to put in more thought and time into it.
1: Yeah, I also think it's it's kind of, I don't know how to like phrase this a nice way, but like when you're younger, there's almost nothing you can do. You can't like change who you are. Cause you're, you're, you're a kid. Like you are who you are, period yeah. of story. So somebody's yeah. like gonna yeah. love it. Or just be like, ah, not quite for this role or not quite at this time. And it's not like, oh, try it a different way. It's just like, you are the way you are and that's great, but you don't fit in right now. And so there's like not a really an opportunity to be like, oh wait, I can do a different version of myself, which I feel like you can do as an adult a little bit. You can mm-hmm. come in and be like, this is my personality. If you're just talking to me at the grocery store, or here's three different types of me because I've grown into all these different people now. So I can kind of yeah. put <laughs> yeah different yeah. faces. Whereas, you know, kids, it's more just like, oh, cool. Maybe some have handles yeah. on their emotions a bit more, but they're yeah. pretty solid and just like who they are, you know?
3: Yeah,
2: I, I feel like as far as me and my friends and colleagues, you really yeah. start to kind of settle into who you are and you can make you can make more conscious choices like late mid to late 20s, really. But like all the way through high school and even college, yeah. you're just kind of like going where the wind blows
3: yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind
2: of like a kid. I mean, look at, like looking back at me and my friends even in like undergrad is like yikes. Like we were we were off, off the hinge blowing. <laughs> like blown in the wind exactly. So funny. Um okay, cool. Um have you have, do you keep in touch with with the with the other people on the show uh nowadays?
1: Nowadays, yes. Um I mean, Netflix kind of locked that in for sure, but before that in 2019, we had all started kind of coming back around. Cause I think the fandom kind of, it existed but it started growing a little bit more in like late 2018, early 2019 again. Um, people were just either rewatching for the first time or maybe they had had kids and they were showing it to their kids or something like, you know, another, another round basically of, of viewing. And so I was lucky enough to be able to just hop to a few conventions. Cause people were like, Hey, we're going to do another avatar panel. It's been like 10 years. We want to like have people back. And then we're like, cool. So I got kind of reconnected with Jack Descena, who voices Saka, and Olivia Hack, who voices Ty Lee, and just started being like, hi, I'm an adult now. Like, who, who, how are you? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah,
2: yeah,
3: right.
1: So nice to meet you as people uh, when yeah, I'm a yeah, child. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. Meeting Dante, I guess, again, but for like the first time, I suppose, as like an independent person, he was mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, little Jessie Flower! Look at you—you're a woman. I'm <laughs> just like, hello. <laughs> yeah. I a woman. That's wild. Right. Um, so yeah, we kind of started reconnecting, and you know, then this last year came out on Netflix, and just a whole whole other wave that none of us were expecting. um, Kind of locked that into place, just with viewing parties and with cameo coming out. And so a lot of times, people are like, "Can I do like a joint?" cameo with like Uncle Iroh and Toph. And so we, you know, coordinate and have to do like a little recording together, just little things like that. So we're definitely more in each other's spheres for sure. Mm -hmm. And funnily Mm -hmm. enough, uh, I just got back to Los Angeles literally like a month ago. And um, the place where I'm staying currently is a few blocks away from Olivia Hack. She was literally two and a half blocks. And it's so wild because I'd completely forgotten um where exactly in Burbank she lives and I was like wait I sent her a t-shirt from for Christmas from like my website where where was her address so I like looked it up and it was like oh my gosh she's two blocks away wow <laughs> so wild so yeah we're all we're all kind of nestled close to each other now but I'm but I'm back over here which is
2: cool that's great <laughs> and you were you in Virginia before I think that was in your bio yes um, that's where I am actually that's where
1: Oh,
3: yeah. Bo-
2: bo- born and born and raised in like country Virginia. Um, Where specifically? In Crozet, which is a little city outside Charlottesville.
1: Yes. That's so funny. Do you oh know my that, Do you know gosh. that city? I do. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Yeah. I was there for you just missed me um, <laughs> there for you know nine months. Yeah. Last March. Uh, middle of march and then left on january 1st yeah, so, so that was it was fun um i was with my boyfriend's parents because we uh-huh. were in new york and his parents lived in virginia and we were like oh we should just go here you know for like a month until this whole covid thing goes over you know like yeah, a month day. yeah i know yeah. i know
3: <laughs> Jeez. So,
1: yeah that turned into zero to a thousand real quick because we don't even yeah. for about four months i'd mm-hmm. say five months mm-hmm. and then i'm like hi i'm dating your son and i'm living, hi, with, I'm living
2: with you now What's yeah, right? you have a daughter. <laughs> yeah, effectively. I mean, geez.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. But it was great. I I like Virginia. I hadn't ever really spent too much time there. So it was nice. Definitely a good pause from New York just because New York. Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah. So much
1: every day, which is great. Yeah. But gosh, it's, you know, it gets a little tiring.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did you ever get to test out? There's this highway called Highway 151 near mm-hmm. Crozet. And there's like, 15 to 20 breweries wineries cideries distilleries and it's very it's like very country it's like leading up to the blue ridge and like wintergreen (laughs) ski resort it's you can if you can get someone to drive you you can literally hit like 15 different stops (laughs) for for that it's i mean it's a great getaway if you're ever no i haven't ever back on the east coast
1: partially i mean fingers crossed assuming everything is continuing to go well we will be back you know probably for christmas or thanksgiving or something yeah, yeah, in yeah. relatively the near future it's possible that i might have heard about it but you know it was COVID. things were all weird so a lot yeah. of them have been closed at the time we didn't we didn't go out too many places aside from yeah no kidding. Blue ridge camping kind of outdoorsy things where there are no people just because obviously mm-hmm. things were closed for a while so i'll have to do that that's have nice you heard fun. of
2: you've probably heard of bold rock cidery yeah yeah or, or um yeah, that's a really famous one that's okay. on that. It's on that. Yeah, structure. there's
1: still so much left to do even though I was there for almost a year. Did not right. get to nearly enough.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. Let's talk about this uh this kind of medical path you were going to go on. I was I was really curious. Did you actually so you went to Yale intending to be pre-med? Correct. And then you switched to film and theater. Correct. <laughs> so what what was that like? So you you kind of took a pause, when one yeah. pausa in high school and then Go to Yale, which for pre-med is I mean that's exceptional, so congrats very, to you and very um, intense. <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- I, I can't even imagine so so run me through that. so what was th- what was that like going to Yale for that and then being like, you know what this maybe maybe this isn't for me.
1: So a combination of factors, I think for being a a child actor, you know, I turned out relatively okay. You know, I feel like there's so many interesting stories that happen because of that for starting in the industry young. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I'd like to say that I'm relatively normal, as normal as an artist can be. Um, and I, I don't know why I was just so adamant. I'm kind of unconventionally, I'm a I, I type A artist. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was very, I've gotten a little more mix between a and b as i've gotten older just because life is the way it is and there's you no need way some
2: b it. in there you need some yeah. b in there yeah i
1: gotta balance it out but <laughs> i was very much like a list person and like okay i'm gonna do this till i'm 13 and then i'm gonna do this when i'm 14 this when i'm planning it out which for the pre-med yale side very smart perfect, very in line yeah, yeah. exactly right on track uh so in my head i was like great i love this acting thing I'm going to do it until I'm 14 and by that time I'll have my name on the walk of fame and then I'm going to stop acting and then I'm (laughs) going to go, (laughs) go back to school and be super, super focused and just do math and science. And then I'm going to go at the time I really wanted to go to UPenn for some reason, even though I hadn't even really visited it or looked at it, whatever. It's like, go to UPenn, do pre-med. And then I'm going to go to med school and become a cardiovascular surgeon. Now that all happened because I was seven and my, Grandpa had a second stroke, and I was just like, next time, like I can fix it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So yes. that's where it came mm-hmm. from. And my mom, being a mother, was like, that's a great idea. Yeah, do that. Follow we like the that. med track. We like
2: that career. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: good. You'll be set. So, you know, she was very supportive in me and what I wanted to do. But in my head, she might have a slightly different, you know, thing to say about this. But in my head, I was like, oh this is this is like the right thing to do. The acting needs fun, but like this is the quote unquote correct thing that I should pick. Um, and I was like, okay, sure, yeah, and that's fine. I can do that. Um, so yeah, I just got super into bio. I ended up going through all of the AP Calc, A, B, B, C, and then they actually added on a class, a multivariable class for four of us in my grade in high school. Um, and we just did it like kind of through like a college. And now math is crazy. Like these, the kids today, are blowing me out of the water. But at the time it was like, Ooh, cool. I'm the only girl in this specially formed math class that they've never had to make before. Um, I'm feeling pretty great right now. And like, I'm can make some strides and I'm going to do well. And I was going to go to U Chicago. I really liked U Chicago. It was kind of quirky and different and I'm Mm. a little quirky and different. So I was like, yeah, that's fun. And then I got into Yale and I was like, Oh, well that changes things.
2: Hard to say no to Yale.
1: It's really hard to say no to, especially because Yale is like the artsy Ivy. If you talk to, you know, they've got the acapella thing. They've got theater thing, drama school. There's so much kind of, I would say Brown maybe is like close second as far as just being super artsy. Yeah, I can see that. They've just got so much art that I was like, oh, well, I could do that. And they've got like singing and dancing. They've got all this fun stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, and the name, obviously I'd be lying if it's like, that's pretty helpful. That's about as good as it gets they yeah. want to take me and funnily enough <laughs> because of their you know financial aid for a lot of these places it can be you know somewhat generous some places don't give you as much like NYU gives you like nothing mm. um but the ivies are have a, a massive endowment and they give you need based basically for everybody anybody who needs it cuz they can so yale was actually the cheapest option it was the biggest name and the cheapest option for me to pick. And I was like, well,
2: (laughs) easiest, easiest choice ever.
1: I'm sealed delivered on that one. (laughs) Um,
2: Hi, let's go.
1: So rolled into Yale. And honestly, I probably should have taken a gap year. That's probably what should happen. I was Mm -hmm. exhausted. I was so Mm -hmm. tired. I've been acting since I was five, went to a really intense private school and worked myself to death. I basically was, you know, I was running cross country and in theater and on student council and in AP classes. And it was absurd. Yeah. And you know, then high school romance ended and my heart was broken. Everything was dramatic. And yes, of course, I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted. And so I rolled into Yale like, okay, I'm here. Like I'm great. It's great. And I took my kind of intro classes and I just didn't end up even going to Mm. basically anything pre-med. Um, I like maybe sat in on a class or like started to go and then I just like couldn't go back. I was hmm. so tired. I don't know what what happened. Um, but I didn't do theater either. I didn't perform really for the first year. I did join an acapella group, I will say.
0: Oh, uh, oh
2: I did. Wow. I didn't okay. We're gonna get that. we're <laughs> gonna get into that. Wow, we're <laughs> gonna get into that.
1: So I did it's funny because <laughs> at Yale we do have a Greek life, but the bigger Greek life is acapella. So they call it rushing acapella because <laughs> That's what it feels like. I'm putting a
2: big flag in this (laughs) and we're going to circle back to it. Okay.
1: (laughs) So yes, I rushed acapella. I did do that. That was like my arts thing. I was like, cool. I'll sing as my artistic release. And then I'm just going to focus on school. And I did, you know, I did take math class and I was taking Chinese and econ and all this other stuff, whatever. A couple things. I got my first C. I'm very open. First of all, I don't try to like hide crap because it's annoying it that annoys me so i got my first c ever in my life in math class and i'm supposed to your specialty right so i was like hold on what's going on
2: something's not right here
1: (laughs) something is not right and this was like a a refresher class it was basically the equivalent of taking ap um like bc calculus for those Mm. who are familiar with with math and i was like oh it's been a couple years like i don't really remember everything i should take this again and then take the next step And I, the more I studied, the worse I got, which now I realize is a reflection on my teacher who wasn't really a teacher. It was a grad student who didn't know how to teach me. I would go to study hours with him and come out and get a worse grade. So (laughs) that was
2: not, not, not what you want out of that.
1: Not, not on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not a deal. (laughs) And so there was just this hard stop because I was like, who I can't keep doing this. If I'm going to just keep getting to, you know, maybe it was where I went. Maybe I'm just not actually good at math. And like the whole thing was a ruse. Like I didn't know what the heck was going on. Mm-hmm. And it also didn't help that I was paired with a bunch of other pre-meds in college. And they would come back and be like, oh my gosh, like I got a 93 today. I think I have to drop it. And I was like, what? <laughs> we are not the same. <laughs> like <laughs> as long as I have a 90, I feel like I'm golden. Like 90 is fantastic. Golden. We're good.
2: 90 90's great. Like,
1: You're in the A range. So what's the problem? I'm with
2: you. I'm right there with you.
1: Okay. I'm not gonna survive. I was like, I'm I'm already I'm over here struggling at math, which I'm supposed to be great at. And you're coming home from your biology class saying that you have to drop a 93 because that's too low. I'm like, too low for what? What is (laughs) am I gonna like get kicked out of class? Like what? I just it freaked me out. Combination of things. I just Mm -hmm. all of a sudden felt like I was not capable honestly of doing it <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. doing it
1: all which sucks because first of all i am um and it just was kind of a combination of weird timing factors and energy that just all kind of exploded yeah in my head. yeah, yeah.
3: Um,
1: but also my personality is different than that of a stereotypical doctor which is not to, to hate on anybody it's just i'm very <laughs> outgoing and very artistic and have a lot of energy and a lot of times i would say most of my peers are pretty laid back, kind of focused a little on the quieter side and really...
2: By the books. Yeah, exactly. You
1: know. Which you want in a doctor, 100%. You, you really do. Uh, you do. So I get that. But I, I then you know, later joined a sorority, found my, you know, one of my best friends uh, at Yale through the sorority. And she is pre-med. And she's like me. She likes to go out and likes to go shopping in New York and loves to travel and loves food and loves community and watches the bachelorette every Tuesday night, <laughs> whatever, Monday night, I'd forget the day. And so I found her like middle of sophomore year. And I was like, Ooh, if I would have, cause she was still kind of developing too. So we were like, if we were like this on day one, both of us would have felt way more at ease in the med field. Cause she also felt really weird, but she just kept going because she, that was kind of the only thing she was focusing on her
2: path yeah yeah
1: she didn't have you know much of the performing thing going on she did cheer for a while though that was weird pre-med and cheer that was not rare combo yeah so (laughs) i was so happy though that i found her because for a while i just like thought that i was psycho and i was like Mm. did i just read this whole situation incorrectly and no it's just there are a smaller group of people who kind of have this creative little outgoing personality thing in the pre-med field um, yeah. and, so I, and I love her to death. And now she's at St. Louis in Washington, arguably the best med school in the country. She just got into Harvard Business School cause she wants to be business oh, wow. and PhD. Yeah, she's doing the whole thing. And so it's funny cause we kind of, we each say this to each other. I'm like, I'm living vicariously through you because in my head, I'm like, man, should I have just done that and like done this thing? <laughs> and I see her like, and it's, it's awesome. It's really cool what she gets to do. Um, but yeah, there are those moments where I'm like, you know what? I don't. I don't think I could do that every day. And she's like, and I look at you and think your life is really cool. But like, I don't know if I could do that every day. <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of this cool dynamic that we have now because we have each other to kind of keep bouncing back and forth and feel like we have that in our lives, even though it's not mm-hmm. necessarily our main focus. Um, yeah, it's
2: like the grass is always greener, you know.
1: Right. Exactly. So that's kind of the the long story, and I. Got back into performing because the end of my freshman year. It's really cool, actually. They do the thing called a freshman play. It's chosen and then directed, acted in all by freshmen. Uh, and I did that just because I was like, "Oh, I should do this." That's the bird. So we have a bird clock. The bird. My bird.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not a real bird.
1: No, no, not a real bird. Um, okay. <laughs> just a bunch of painted ones in a circle. <laughs>
2: very nice. Very nice.
1: And so I did that, and I you know, like opening night, whatever show ends. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I missed this. It was mm. like drinking water after months. I don't know. And I was like, oh man, th- I need to come back to this. If this just brought me back, and it's so much, I wasn't even a lead. I was some supporting. I was in like three scenes. I was a tiny little part and I was so happy to yeah. be there uh, in costume backstage in rehearsal. Loved it.
2: There's nothing like it.
1: Yeah. And so I ended up doing theater. I should have just done theater extracurricularly and actually doubled in film and econ. That's what should have happened, but it's okay. We learn. Uh, I found film along the way. I took screenwriting course, loved it, ended up becoming a film major because I just kept taking screenwriting courses. And then they're like, okay, you have to be a major to take this next one. And I'm like, well, all right, we're going to make that happen. So, uh, I ended up taking because i had to catch up because i didn't take that until spring of my sophomore year so i ended up taking like a oh god what is it one two three i took like seven film courses my junior year or something because i had to catch Um, up
2: (laughs) so that's a lot of film courses in one year
1: filled it in really quickly no Um, kidding and so yeah i did concentrations in writing for both of those because also something that i didn't put two and two together I always just got an 88% on like every essay I ever wrote. And I was like, how the hell do you get an A on one of these things? I must not be a good writer. And it's like, no, no, I'm just the storyteller. I'm not the editor. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not the one that structures the argument a certain way. I was more just about, I was like, why are we talking about this speech from the 1700s? And why do I have to convince you that it was done well? Uh, and why do I have to explain how it was written like I don't care and I I couldn't write well about things I didn't care about which was most of the essay topics so I quickly learned no no I'm actually a good writer Um, I just needed the right medium and the inspiration (laughs) to actually keep writing so yeah found found screenwriting along the way and so I ended up doubling in in theater and film and concentrating in writing so there you have it
2: there you have it and All right, I put a flag in acapella because that's, bringing
1: it back. <laughs> that's
2: a that's a big part of what I'm up to these days.
1: Yeah, you're an opera singer or creative yeah. director or what I'm. Yeah, kind of, of
2: I wear a lot of hats. I think that's something we have in common: is we we do a lot of different kind of things. Um, first and foremost, uh, sing opera. I would consider it professionally because I have a salary at the Academy of Vocal Arts in Philadelphia. Um, so cool. <laughs> and we're pretty much we're pr- it's kind of like a a big professional slingshot for an international career. Uh, So it's a four year program, but we're basically paid monthly to train with like the world's best coaches and sing roles and stuff.
1: I mean, that's the dream.
2: It's really wonderful. And uh, uh, it's, it's been tough this past year because it's mostly been online, but I mean, I'll be up in Philly starting in September, probably. And it's going to be magical. And then yeah. off, to, off to the rest of the world after that. <laughs> but during quarantine, I, I have really gotten into producing my own acapella music. I was also in acapella in my undergrad. Okay. And the pandemic hit and I was like, I was a music production major. So I know how to I know how to audio engineer. I could totally make my own one man acapella stuff. Yeah. And so I started doing that.
1: Was yours all male or were you co-ed?
2: It was all male. I was in a group called Exit 245 okay. at, at James Madison University.
1: Wow.
3: Uh,
2: I was music director of it for two years and it, it totally shaped my college experience. Yeah. So now I've been making tons of acapella covers and now I'm starting to collaborate with bigger and bigger people. And it's really starting to kind of get some traction. And I don't know if I'll be able to keep it up once everything is back in session, but (laughs) as long, but as long as I have, you know, the extra free time, it's, it's, it's pretty much those covers and the podcast are like my two, my two babies that I've started doing during, uh, during quarantine
1: pick your brain music production wise, I started kind of getting into uh, the, the type A side of me. I would always write songs, write lyrics and just be like, this is awful. <laughs> I would like think I would, have all these ideas and I would try to put them on the page and it would just come out, you know, very much middle school radio Disney. And I was like, that is not what I'm going for. Uh,
3: <laughs>
1: and so I just stopped doing it for a while. And finally, in New York, I was like, get over yourself. Just write a bunch of bad stuff until it starts getting to you know where you want it to be. And yeah. I finally started to do that. And I actually took a road trip in 2019 and I was like, I'm doing a turning 25 road trip. And I just went up to Minnesota, visited my friend in St. Louis. And then I went through Nashville. Then I was in Nashville. Like I know that the bluebird is there and all that stuff. Yeah, and oh so yeah, I was like, okay, I will have this little, my a little birthday dream. I want to call the morning that they have the open mic night because you have to call the day of to get a spot if, cause it has to be original music. And you just call the morning of and hopefully get through and so i was like i'll call and like my little birthday dream is that i just get a slot and i can just go sing uh and so i called called 127 times and i got the <laughs> second to last slot
2: oh my gosh
1: <laughs> and i literally this is a psycho of me but because i kind of have anxiety i was like i can't plan and like write something for it and then call i just have to like not care call and then if i get a slot make something happen. We'll so just that's write a song. Yes. So I literally <laughs> found a guitar player on Facebook, like Nashville musician group. And I was like, hello, I have a slot at the Bluebird tonight and I have an original song and kind of a tune and I need somebody to help me finish it and play with me tonight. And so we got together and put it together in about two and a half hours and then met up with the Bluebird and played it. So it wow. was a whirlwind, but amazing. And now after that, I was kind of like, great keep going. And so I've been trying to write COVID through a wrench in in a lot of that, unfortunately, just because there's so much moving around. Um, But the end of 2019, early last year, I was finally starting to write more and trying to reach out to music producers and being like, hi, I'm looking for the next level beyond just using somebody's phone and like actually adding some (laughs) production quality songs that I'm pumping out. So yeah, the music thing definitely has been a huge part of Of my life and you know Mm -hmm. the acapella definitely helped with a lot of confidence and kind of performance chops and everything so yeah yeah i feel on the the toying with music front i miss it and i'm hoping to get back into it more soon
2: feel (laughs) free to pick my brain whatever you want about music production stuff i um i actually went to school in miami for two years university of miami and while i was down there i got it super into electronic music and yeah, so I started, yeah. I produced tons and tons of electronic music for the next few years and yeah. thought I was going to be a festival DJ and all this thing.
3: Classic. Switched yeah. my major
2: to music production. And wow. so I've made like hours of electronic music. And then I took, you know, the, all the recording techniques, classes and stuff. And now mm-hmm. um, I've been recording all the acapella stuff. So I'm very familiar with Logic and Ableton and and all that stuff. If you ever have any questions. Yes. <laughs> yes um, it's
1: a short answer <laughs> acapella
2: we keep we, we can't get away from acapella <laughs> okay right. so so which group were you in and how is your experience in that and are you still doing any kind of acapella stuff are you interested in doing any kind of acapella stuff these days or what
1: so I was in uh Yale out of the blue which our colors are white and blue so very you know fitting for the, the campus uh it was co-ed I was torn between them and an all-female group called um, Something Extra. And my kind of qualm was that my high school group was very jazz focused. We wore very fancy, I know, but like sleeveless floor-length black Calvin Klein dresses at our concerts. Like we were very like snazzy jazz people. (laughs) And Something Extra, I loved them, but they also wore floor-length black gowns and like long red gloves. And I was like, The red gloves are fun, but like, I just wore a dress like that, like all the time. I was like, I don't know if I want to do the same thing. And like the co-ed group was a little bit more pop rock. And I was like, you know what? Let's just try something different. So I did co-ed pop rock, more belty pop stuff and um, recorded an album we do every other year. So it was my sophomore year. And I did What Now, you know, by Rihanna. That was the... You know, if anybody listening still knows what that is. Um, yeah, great
2: great song. We know. <laughs> it's we know. a great
1: song. And yeah, it was really, really cool. That's the reason why I got to go to Hong Kong. That was our tour after freshman year. Um, I got to go to Macau and like sing for lots of fancy people at dinners. It was really great. And mm. I organized a tour in Southern California. Um, got to go be, you know, on a couple of sets and watch some episodes of night shows, you know, on TV and stuff like that. It was great. Um I only did it for two years, I believe. Technically, I was going, getting ready to go into my junior year, and theater and acapella were just conflicting like mad. And also, I was part of a dance company at that point, and um, it, it was just really tricky. And I was like, oh, "Man, I" at the time was just talking to like leaders, like, "You need to be here more." I was like, "I can get the music on like my own and just come in like twice a week." And she was like, "That's not fair because yeah. we're all here." And I'm like. Mm-hmm okay, well then I can't do it. So
3: yeah.
1: bye. um, it was a little, little tense for a second. Cause you know, so as acapella slash Greek life sometimes gets, they were like, why aren't we the most important? And it's like, right. well, because right. <laughs> there are times where I'm standing here being like, I could have just practiced this on my own and now I'm wasting three hours standing here. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. ultimately was just kind of like, why don't you just get somebody else who does want to be here and who can be here every, any day, all the time. And then I can, give myself a little bit of a break and you don't have to be as annoyed at me. So I only did it for two years because then scheduling got crazy. Um, but I still went to their shows. I helped with like the rush process and, um, you know, did some vocal boosting and lesson things mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I stuck around, but I just wasn't as involved for the actual showing and touring. Um,
3: gotcha.
1: Sophomore year. So, yeah, I still don't know if I really done actually too much acapella specifically because in New York, I was just, fully in musical theater mode because i was yeah. trying to hit that super super hard um yeah i mean was, i'm open to it i like it i just haven't done it in a while
2: yeah so. <laughs> something something that's popped up recently which is kind of why i have gotten so involved in
3: yeah is
2: this kind of like predominantly online acapella stuff and especially like acapella bases like people yeah, yeah. are starting to like like the bass voice and i'm like yay this is very did, good for me
1: people not <laughs>
2: They did, but it wasn't like, at least in acapella, it wasn't like basses didn't, they didn't have like solo stuff.
0: So Uh, people are like,
2: oh, like we love the basses and like the choir, but there wasn't like bass solo stuff.
1: Interesting, because in during my time (laughs) in undergrad, that was kind of, (laughs) I don't know, an exciting thing whenever we would like watch. There was like at the beginning of the year, every acapella group did a couple of songs just Uh to show who they were. And anytime there was a bass soloist, everyone like lost their mind. We were like all for finally getting to hear like a yeah. bass solo right. <laughs> for a I song. Th- everyone was super into it. So the basses were like the stars during I think
2: time. <laughs> I think singers have always liked basses, but they never yeah. really make their, other than like a country singer here or there, they never make their way into like the pop fold. Yeah, you're
1: right. You know what I mean? You're right. It's a lot of tenor, you know, falsetto yeah. guitars and yeah, you know, yeah. Exactly,
2: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. So re- so recently there's been like this big growth in like bass singers online, which yeah. is, you know, it's great for me. So like I've done covers of things that are, you know, not for the bass voice, but in bass voice, like Creep. And I've done some Billie Eilish songs and stuff like that. Ooh,
1: that's a, that's a good.
2: Oh, her, oh, her voice,
1: yeah.
2: her, her songs, just an octave down translate perfectly to bass voice.
1: I'm sure they do
2: like low bass voice. Oh yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So there's, so there's been this new movement and especially now with so much being online of like this kind of like one man acapella thing. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, you, you, you write the arrangement, you track all the vocals and then you, you record each part and then you shoot video for each part and you sync them all up. And it's like a chorus of like 10 of you singing with yourself.
1: It started with that one, there was an app where you could do like four,
2: little yeah. separate videos and yeah, what's that you know? called
1: musically or something or yeah
2: it was something like yeah. that
1: and so you could do like the three backup you know points and then you do the solo yeah. in the corner on top of yourself and you yeah the yeah, like whole so thing.
2: then people have just taken and, and run with that and I'm of course oh, one of those people. Yeah. Um but it's it's been great and it's been a, it's been a great way to to kill time.
1: I'm sure yeah so like this last year you you know are doing mainly online work as as a singer
2: Office yeah, pretty much. So I actually did my master's at USC in Southern California okay. for opera, um, graduated online. Um, so I was out in Los Angeles till late May and then I came ah. back home, and then I came back home to Virginia.
1: We, we just keep we just thick. There we're you just, go.
2: <laughs> we're, just, we're just missing each other. Um. So, yeah. Um. And then ABA, the Academy of Vocal Arts this year, mm-hmm. I usually I go up about once a month for recording projects uh, and cool. stuff like that. But for the most part, it's online. Uh, coaching training, like voice lessons, coachings, language yeah. classes, taking that online. Actually, we just um this past week we started doing group coachings online for an <laughs> opera we're probably gonna do next year. And that was just singing with other people for the hmm. first time in like a yeah. year was like the most fulfilling thing. Yeah. In so long. Like I it's the most the, fun I've had singing in a long time.
1: Yeah. I, I think the group aspect, because I think you've well. There's so many aspects to this, but as a performer and as a viewer, you forget that there's so much of an actual group process. Even for solo singers, technically, there's still a lot to just being JLo on stage. It's never only her, unless it's like a, some yeah. sort of ballad situation. But there's, you know, there's lighting, there's costumes, there are dancers, there's other musicians. You know, there's a whole camaraderie to it. And then with singing with an ensemble, like especially with theater and with acapella you almost, I don't know about everybody else, but I definitely forget really quickly. Like I'm so, so, so happy. I'm like on cloud 17, um, <laughs> way above nine um, <laughs> at the end of a show. And I just am like, this is why, this is why I'm here. Like, this is why I love this and I come back to it. And I, it can be like a week later, I forget so yep. easily.
2: Yeah,
1: And yep. definitely this last year, I've been all sorts of things, but you know depressed relatively often i suppose and you don't even know why necessarily mm-hmm. um until you get those little moments where you get to like perform or like actually yeah. sing with somebody or you know yeah. do something that made your heart sing but you forget about it because mm-hmm. it's not like essential like eating and sleeping yeah. and so it's just kind of wild when you get those moments of like catharsis and yeah like, oh, right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forgot that, like, I technically need this to, like, breathe properly. Uh, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um,
2: no, I've totally been the same way, and I think we're in the same boat as a lot of people with with yeah. feeling with feeling depressed and whatever a lot of this past year. Yeah, it's, been a, tough- it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year, you know?
1: 100%. And it's, you know, also tough because everybody is probably feeling some version of, of what we feel that um, there are just so many different actual realities that part of me feels like most of us have nothing to actually complain about uh, you know in comparison to lots of other people and so totally. then that audit on top of it of like I still have my mom and like yeah. I personally am still here and mm-hmm. am healthy thank heavens so you know yeah. just little moments where I'm like okay well shut up michaela you don't have anything to be sad about <laughs> because
2: no seriously I do a lot of journaling, and and a, a big part of that has been just really trying to stay grateful for yeah. everything. Everything we do still have, even if even if the outside world is not, you know, what we'd like it to be right now. But having family, having a place to stay, and a roof over your head, and having food and a yeah. hot shower, is which like is
1: all huge, technically, you know, like it's huge, huge, it's, it's huge, huge, huge.
2: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, your cover band. I, yes. I didn't I didn't get a chance to listen, but I saw that you're in a cover band and I want to know what kind of stuff you guys do
1: so oh well, technically it's not mine mine um i it's called faces for radio because. They're cheeky like that, um, because we all, in in not trying to be a gross way, but we are relatively think we are anyway, stylish and put ourselves together. So we were like, oh, that's kind of funny because we show up looking put together and whatever,
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> stylish attractive,
1: whatever. So I had a couple of friends from Yale, one of whom was in my acapella group actually, and he was playing bass and some piano uh, for this band, and then his brother who. I'm I was kind of family friends with with all of them was singing and playing guitar and I went to the show and I was like oh oh so fun and they do a lot of classic rock and then kind of early 90s boy band stuff and some recent pop rock thrown in there but a lot of um oh my gosh I'm trying to think of our old this um uh are you gonna be my girl um you know Brown eyed girl, lots of girls, apparently American girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then some, you know, Mr. Brightside and all the oh, small can't, things. Can't go wrong.
2: Oh, yes, please.
1: Ocean Avenue, some Avril Lavigne, you know, just like a, a mix of like it's the It's like fun some rock. of my favorite
2: music, just so you know.
1: Yes. You, well it's what you want to hear as like a 90s or early 2000s kid at like a yeah. that's like the songs that you're 100%. like oh my gosh I have to dance to this and like chug half of my drink yeah those yeah. are the songs that we tried to sing because yeah. you know we were at like a bar or something mm-hmm. so that <laughs> that's what they sang and I was like if you ever need a singer uh <laughs> hello hi um the the drummer is the one who kind of had the band in college and then found everybody just threw friends and his girlfriend was kind of like the girl singer at the time. So I was like, okay, like, I'm not trying to like break anything here, but like, could I, is she ever not there? Like, if never ever like sick, I don't know. Like I can just like do it. Um. So yeah, I was, cause also it was great. Cause Will and Hayden were, were my two friends. I was like, it'd be cool to be with them on stage. Cause I like know them. Mm-hmm. And it just super, super fun. And the guitarist, there's another guitarist, Gabe, who was a hoot. He is like, uh, he's like my italian brother he's just hilarious <laughs> and with a head full of cur- curls and he's amazing um so anyway i finally got the chance because they were like hey like helena has like a work thing whatever and they were actually where was my first concert it was at I think it was in the hamptons hey yeah so we played at Stephen talk house in the hamptons a couple of times which is a big bar, like, you know, big names have like rolled through there over the course of the years. Uh, and they were like, we've got a three hour set here, learn these 17 songs by this weekend. Um, and yeah, cause we need, <laughs> we need a female singer. Uh, so I did. And then after that, it was kind of just alternating. And then at some point, it got to be all three of us because there were some gigs that we had where we were doing one thing in the afternoon and one thing at night. Um, each of them were three hour sets. And it was like, listen, we, we need three singers. <laughs> we got yeah, to yeah, that no rotation kidding. going. And, and then there mm-hmm. were harmonies we added on to. So, you know, it got to a point where it was just all three of us were singers, um, which was great. I was like, yay, <laughs> fantastic. There's room for me. Um, so yeah, it was great. And I miss it horribly. We mm-hmm. formed at Bowery Electric and Red Lion and um, Session 73 and all these just great locales in Manhattan. And it was an absolute blast. And I got to have a reason to wear like my fishnets and mini skirt and crop top beyond just going to like a 90s themed party. Uh, right,
3: so right. Yeah.
1: Great. And yeah, it was it was honestly, probably one of the things that just made the last year that I was in New York, like so much better, because yeah. New York is very hit or miss for anybody in mm-hmm. or who lives there currently. It's just a lot of kind of getting kicked in the face. But then you get picked up by something awesome, too. It's just a lot of that back and forth. And so yeah. that was definitely one of those things that picked me up. and was like, hey, look at this cool thing that, you know, makes it worth it with all of this other crap that sometimes comes along when you're an actor. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely- That's
2: awesome. That sounds like a blast.
1: Absolute blast. Question. I, yeah.
2: Have you ever been to Candy Pop in Los Angeles?
1: No, I have not.
2: It's, uh, what's the, the club's called The Satellite. I don't know oh. anything, I don't, I don't know anything about it other than it hosts Candy Pop. I think it's like the third Friday of every month. Seen, under normal circumstances, under normal but I've
1: never been. Like I've seen like little you know event notices like it's online or like people sharing it.
2: So fun! It's it's okay. literally just like a nineties two thousands dance party. Yes. And even as an opera singer, that would be the night where we went out and we were like, you know what? F my voice. Yeah. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> gonna sure. scream Katy Perry for two hours and crush yeah. red bull vodka.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, that was the funny thing too. Is like these oh boys um you all are great but the, will who is the guitarist and and singer combination he would just pound these drinks and by like 30 minutes in his voice is just gone already oh, no, and i'm no, like no, my no, man, man you can't drink during the set if you want to last for three hours you got to wait till have to set. <laughs> you do. You do. So I would because I started at the beginning. I was like, sure, I'll have like a vodka soda, whatever. And I was like, oh no, I will not. Never mind. I'm gonna have tea on stage, <laughs> and then <laughs> and I'm gonna like put tea in a cup and be like, yeah, cheers, like yeah, yeah. My tea. <laughs> like, Party and time. then maybe have a drink. But oh my gosh, I tried doing the first two shows while drinking. Mm-hmm. Absolute nightmare. Oh my gosh, yeah. not would not recommend to right. anyone ever. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah i learned very quickly it feels um,
2: it feels great but but it just trashes your voice oh
1: and then nothing that gets to a point too where you still feel like you can sing but nothing comes out and you're yeah. like ah.
2: but you're drunk so you don't feel anything so you're just like uh, ah,
1: what's going on yeah yeah so that's that was- that's
2: 100 it
1: but yeah they're All still right. together and like making uh they're trying to make original music now but i'm like over here and it was very kind of loose yeah. we had lots of people coming in and out based on like who was available and who could play that thursday so I wouldn't say it's like my, my band because I haven't performed with them in so long now. And, you know, I think they're working on like a couple originals and I'm, you know, on the West Coast. So that yeah. was like a little gloom well, in time, but I'm sure I'll find an equivalent here if not. If, you,
2: if, if you're ever in another cover band that does like 90s, 2000s, alternative rock, I will fly across the country to see you because that is like my favorite kind of show.
1: Well, if you know. Fingers crossed I will be able to be in, in one that does basically the same music because that's very much my, I mean, maybe throwing a little bit of kind of indie alternative stuff as well. Yeah, um, A little bit of like of Monsters and Men and like Lumineers stuff as well. That side exists, but otherwise everything that, yes. Yeah.
2: People, <laughs> I mean, people love that music and you can find people that want to play that music. I have no yeah. doubt.
1: Yeah, yeah, for
3: sure. All right.
2: We're, we're coming up on time. Um, I do have a question. I was wondering, uh, so you have Michaela Murphy and you have Jesse Flower and you have Ace Hamill.
1: Oh, (laughs) I feel very seen all of a sudden. Uh, so. You're a very
2: open person. You brought uh, this upon yourself.
1: (laughs) I know. I guess so. I haven't really shared that very much. So well, I don't we know.
2: Can, we, we can chop this out later if we want. Doesn't In my, uh,
1: no, 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 it's it's fine. In my 2019 kind of music moment, especially kind of driving around, going through Nashville, singing with the cover band, um, I just was really a fan of the the altered first names. And as much as I love Michaela, Michaela Jill Murphy is a great name. It's a great actress name. It's a great, like, that's like a more like an Oscar name, perhaps. It's very nice yeah. and
2: I'd say
1: so. For music, it doesn't have much of a punch. There's not much going on there, um, in my personal opinion. I feel like I would need a band name uh, to actually go under. Um, I don't know. It's just okay. So I mixed around Michaela a little bit, and it Ace Ace Hamel is Michaela just moved around. And really, I, it wasn't like locked in. I was just kind of like, that's kind of cool. If I was just mm-hmm. like Ace, I could imagine that like on the back of a jacket, having that looped into a band name. Like that would be like a cool like branding thing. Um, whatever. So Ace Hamill is just Michaela, uh, but moved around. So that's my little like name kind of, Mm -hmm. but I also was like, Oh, but there's a first and a last name. So maybe it should just be one name. So many little conversations. So, but that's what that is. So. Okay.
2: Okay. okay. (laughs) And then, and then, and then why Jesse flower?
1: I was six and people kept mispronouncing my name. And I thought Jesse was the coolest name in the world. Um, I actually thought Jessica was the coolest name in the entire world. And Jesse was the shorter, cooler version of that. And my mom was like, okay, well, this is going to be on everything. First of (laughs) all, are you sure you want this to be your name? And I was like, yes, people, you know, people know how to say it and pronounce it. It's cool. It's edgy, whatever. And she's like, okay, well, you need a last name. I was like, well, Jesse Murphy, not my favorite. So I like thought about it for a day. I don't know where the flower came from. I was six. So you were I was six.
2: That's where it came I came from. I was
1: six. That's where I came from. And it, it actually kind of works out because I use it in my signature. So when I do J-E-S-S-I-E, I sign the I with the flower. Ah, it's cute. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so I still do that. And uh, yeah, it just, I was six. And so then it was on everything. And I turned 18 and was like, great. Well, that was fun. I can't go by this anymore um, unless I would like to be a different kind of dancer probably um <laughs> this has a little bit of a, <laughs> a different in industry there. entirely Yeah, just a little bit different vibe <laughs> going on so I, I went back to michaela jill murphy for uh you know imdb purposes and yeah we're still making the transition because people still are like wait but the voice actress is jesse Or like right. jesse's name i saw mm-hmm. on this picture and i was like yes you're correct i'm awesome Kayla." <laughs> Yeah, you know, I
0: feel like
2: I feel like Michaela Murphy would actually work really well if you were doing like singer songwriter stuff.
1: Yes, if I'm doing singer songwriter stuff, 100. Um, if band, I want band stuff's
2: different. different. Band stuff is different.
1: Right, so and I feel you. Like you know, Billy, Billy Eilish, that Beyonce, Halsey. I was thinking more Halsey. I'm kind of a, I don't mm-hmm. know, um, kind of a mix of. Do you know the band Perry? Yeah. Okay, so a mix of like the band Perry with Halsey and a little bit of Christina Aguilera belt, uh, all like mixed in a pot. So yes, if I'm focusing just on singer songwriter, hundred percent. But if I want that pop kind of snazzy, just big bang show element,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) it just doesn't have the same power. It's like,
2: it's like Colby Calais or Jack Johnson. Yeah.
1: like Like it's nice. It's like a good name, but it, it doesn't, you know,
2: yeah, if it's if it doesn't fit your vibe, then, you know,
1: you don't shout that at the Staples Center the right. same way. You know what I mean? Right, so that's right. where the Ace Hamilton came from. That's
2: where really you ace.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> it clearly is not about
2: <laughs>
1: just like playing with it. And that was the coolest thing that came from mixing up my, you know, the letters of my name. So
2: <laughs> very cool. All right. Well, this has been a real joy. Seriously, I'm, I've, I've been so excited since I reached out to your team to talk to you. I'm such a huge fan fan of Avatar, obviously, and you're a super interesting person. I'm glad we got to talk about a lot of other things. I'm sure a lot of interviews you probably focus mostly on on Toff. So, um, so this has been really it's been really nice. And thanks for coming on the show. And um, the episode will probably be up in about a week or so. But I will I'll reach out to you and let you know.
1: Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. By all means. Uh just yeah let me know when it's posted i like to share it and yeah for sure listen to it and everything and yeah thank you for for reaching out it's been kind of mayhem dealing with moving and so i'm just hoping that like everything that comes in has been caught as far as people like who want to do like a podcast interview do like a youtube challenge like all these things that Mm -hmm. that so I'm glad that you know we found a found a time, and yeah. it was so so lovely meeting you. You're 100 percent right. We talk about Toph a lot of time, which is great. I can talk about Toph all day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you, yeah, went to a lot of a lot of different areas. So yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It was really to wonderful. Down
1: memory lane a little bit and talk. Yeah,
2: about good, 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 good. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I will talk to you soon, hopefully. And uh, <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming on my show.
1: Sure thing. Bye. <laughs> <Good morning>. Bye. <laughs>